Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL podcast live show for round three 2022. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is... Oh, actually, he's, yep. he's not here. He's not here. Sorry, Adam, can you get here? It's on the phone. Uh, I'm going to need 10 grand final tickets. Um, yeah, no, we're 3 and 0. I'm pretty confident. That's for 2023. Yeah, all right, thanks. Sweet. Locked in. Uh, uh, Fucking blue baggers! God, how many Blues fans we have here? How many Hawks fans? I fucking find it horrific that you guys fucking won. Just by the fact, you guys were like about 34 points up, I think, at, 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 early in the game, and then we came back and you lost by one. W's a W, mate. <laughs> no, we're just banking them now before we get to the finals. You know how it is. I know? mean... Just um, so we can start resting players, probably. You yeah, know, sure. Just take it easy as we cruise in. Yeah, sure. You're going to rest people in round four? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. We were watching the game, like, the final t- quarter of today, and I, I, I went to the game up, to, up until halftime. Adam didn't, because uh, some of us like to support our teams. <laughs> And, uh, I didn't want to waste a ticket. I gave it to a friend, but you can just can you you can just go in for free where you go, can't I you? I mean, it has been a good two or three years since I've been in the MCC, and it's 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 a bit like Cheers, where everybody knows your <laughs> name. How was the bake snapper? It was lovely. I walked through. <laughs> Guy Grossly was at the door, handing <laughs> me a, a bit of hors d'oeuvres, but it's fantastic. I walk in. Um, my butler obviously stood outside, uh, but I went into the MCC members. It was actually really cool to be back there. Like I haven't been there since 2019. Yeah. Uh, it was actually really, really cool to be back there. So, uh, hey, hey, it's a celebration of football. Hey, what do you think about that? It's a celebration of football. No, you're good people. And then, <laughs> I mean, we're particular income bracket and (laughs) (laughs) but we're watching the last quarter here and Hawthorne's coming back you know what's much more fun than watching um uh uh, watching you like watching football is when a team comes back and defeats you from impossible odds and I was dreaming it was so magical like when we hit the front to watch this cunt lose his fucking shit (laughs) Like, I mean, he goes crazy at a game as itself. Like, when you shouldn't. You swear a lot at a game. You no, shouldn't I do don't. That. You I do. Don't. I've, I've pulled been back. fucking games with you. Well, you swear they, a lot. If they hit a fucking target, I wouldn't have to. <laughs> and you've had 20 years of that. <laughs> That's true. But to watch him, oh, I mean, it was just going to be magical beginning into the show. If, if Hawthorne won and I could just n- nail this bloke for like... It would have been horrible. It would have been fantastic. Anyway, why didn't you go? Uh, because I wanted to concentrate on the, on the show. Some of us are professional and think about what, what's going to come this afternoon. And it was just, I'd be too stressed thinking about this and then being at the game and then having to leave. It was just too much effort. So I thought I'd just come in here. Yeah, Get sure. my head around our, our fantastic guest for the afternoon. We do have fantastic guests. Now, we talked in the pod recently, the last couple of weeks, that Adam said I was weird because I would take a radio transistor to the game. Mm. Now, can we do a quick poll? Who thinks it's weird that I take a radio transistor to the game? My friend down here, you put your hand up. Okay, you're not shouting out. Like, put your hand... Shout out if you think it's weird. 
Okay, three people. So that <laughs> that makes you the fucking weirdo. Okay. I just don't know who's got a radio transistor. Like, what? Yeah. When when did you? You've got one. Yeah, but when did you buy it? Like in the eighties? A recent one. That's just a little thing you can find like a two dollar shop. And oh, then I also, know what it is, mate. And then all. And then also, in those couple of weeks, we got emails and messages from junk timers out there saying, hey, Chambo's in the right by the fact that um, the Wi-Fi at the ground is shit and therefore you try and tap into an app and it's shit and you can't listen to that. Okay, so I tried it today, my first day back at the MCG. You didn't go for fond Wi-Fi first. No. (laughs) Yeah, that's a funny one. Okay. Thanks. Obscure reference, but we get it. But I, 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 I went today and I put the SEN app on my phone because people recommended that. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to get on the MCC, yep. uh, uh, MCG Wi-Fi. Yep. Shat itself. And therefore, it's a piece of shit fucking piece of electronic work. And therefore, I, that's why I have my little transistor. Isn't there like an MCC Wi-Fi that's better than every other? It's like 7G <laughs> that we don't know about. Like we don't we talk about in. 7G. <laughs> you people aren't meant to be there <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so I, I literally had to have my butler talk the commentate into my ear. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to have a great show tonight. We've got a man right here over there. Lawrence yes. Moody, please welcome on stage. Lawrence Moody! <laughs> Moody! Man! Uh, well, let me get on mic first. Uh, Thank you very much, Rosie, Chambo. Nice to be here. Now, Adam, I Times see... Times have changed. I see you're drinking a beer, Adam, and now I've been yes. told that, that, that that's the first beer in a while. Now, yes, I haven't had a beer since January 20. I always take a break just before Comedy Festival, and then when it kicks off for me is when I start to get back on. Wow. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. I can't remember the last time I went alcohol-free in a day. <laughs> I am... What number beer is this for you at uh, ten past four? Well, I, I got uh, to bed at 6 a.m., and uh, as per usual. Yep. And because I'm turning the clock back now that I'm no longer doing breakfast right And it's daylight saving as well, so it's not even your fault. No, that's yeah. right. And uh, so I went to Shanghai <laughs> Village Dumplings and had a jing dao. And uh, that's why it's said. And <laughs> it's racist that you're even laughing at jing dao. <laughs> and so number two. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. And just quickly, you've got a little thing on your... got a little thing on your face. You've got a cut on your nose, Lawrence, okay? Yes, I... I, um, It looks fresh. It is fresh. Good, Uh, good. The morning... I don't know what day it is. Uh, Sunday. It was... So it was Saturday morning. A very early Saturday morning. And uh, I was at my friend... Redacted. ...house. It was Mm 4am. So an early night. It was early. Yeah. Uh, We'd put the alarm on specially to get up. (laughs) And... Do CrossFit. And, uh, that's right. We were so wide awake too at 4am. <laughs> we, were, we were heaps wide awake. and Lots of sugar. Really feeling it. Yeah. I, I think that yeah, Asahi yeah. has a lot of sugar in it. <laughs> yeah. You're really vacuuming stuff up, like really hard. <laughs> we were no dicening. Uh, we were doing something else. Anyway, um, you can probably finish the sentence here. So he says to me... Have you ever used virtual reality goggles? <laughs> Great. At four o'clock. At four o'clock. So I whack him on and he's teaching me how to use the paddles and this is... What that. were you playing? Well, he just... It was an introductory 
introductory uh, little video. He goes, you know, go up in the elevator and then the elevator doors will open and you walk out on the plank and, you know, you're 40 storeys up and he goes, now fly. You know uh, what I love, though? They've gone all to the, all the level of virtual reality to put you in an elevator. <laughs> you go, whoa, this fucking feels but real. It is. It's like, wow, <laughs> the door's shut and everything. It's so cool. And the ding, it sounded <laughs> like I was in there. I'm pushing a button. It's so cool. I'm in an elevator. And then it's like he walk, goes, walk out on the plank and just fly and uh, I just leaned forward and flew right into the fucking wall as hard as I could. He comes over, he gets the goggles off and he goes, oh, mate, you're bleeding. Uh, Fuck, oh, this is the the one that was really open. He goes, you're bleeding quite heavily. I go, I'm I'm so sorry. And uh, I said, it's all right. I was laughing my head off. He goes, I'm so glad you're still alive. I said, alive? He goes, I thought you'd broken your neck. <laughs> you went into that wall Jesus. so hard and your head kicked back. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there thinking, <laughs> what a classic way for <laughs> Lawrence Mooney to die. <laughs> Dead shit dies in virtual reality accident. <laughs> Page seven, about that much space, I reckon. Um, and and the stereo there going, dead. I'm glad we don't have to do the pay we out anymore. We don't have to pay him out! <laughs> Someone at SEA, <laughs> Grant Blackley just going, you're fucking beautiful. <laughs> I mean, we'll send flowers, but, you know, it's better yeah, than a million bucks. That's right. Oh, they would, you know, do a little montage of me on air. Our mate. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> anyway, we can go on for hours and hours about how Lawrence has ruined his life. But let's talk about <laughs> well, that's really cool. Let, let's talk about his footy club. What do you think of Mick Malthouse's prediction that you're going to win the flag, the Bombers? How's that going? <laughs> well, Mick, uh, listen... Uh, I know that Bevo's coming up shortly, so I'll just put it in uh, coach speak, okay? I think mm. the KPIs are all in place, all okay. right? Uh, we've got some great key performance indicators at Essendon. Uh, we haven't won a wooden spoon since 2016, so we've got to focus on the <laughs> positives, okay? Good. You know, we Good. might be last now, but we may not end up last. Okay. So uh, let's not put the horse before the cart. No, that's where it should be. Uh <laughs> Let's get the yeah, let's get the fucking let's get the horse. Let's in get the, the horse. In, let's get the let's stop the horse shitting in the lounge room <laughs> and get it in front of the cart. Can we get back? But anyway, the, thanks, boys. Can we get back, Rosie? Your first beer for two and a half months or so. Yeah. So you got off it before. I mean, you obviously have a problem, but like you. <laughs> no, I don't think they can. I don't think they let you drink at Nazi school. So. <laughs> Because Hitler was a teetotaler, so obviously... You're uh, always, you're always there, for, aren't you? Teetotaler for beer. He loved his meth. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he was on the meth the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and what a... It, it's such a cruel kind of twist of fate. They were such an aesthetically pleasing, horrific regime. But he'd never had one good hair day. <laughs> and, and maybe that's, that's why took... Nazis shave their hair right. as a tribute to that vile, fucking evil man. That's what you took out of World War II, is his <laughs> shit hair. <laughs> What? Oh, yeah, I look at any World War II documentary and think, get some product, dude. Yeah, Adam looks at a World War II documentary and goes, I'm related to him. <laughs> so when did you last have your last beer? Like, when did you call the quits? Like, yeah, when did you and what to... did you do? Yeah, what did you do? What did, it's not court ordered. What, what was her name? <laughs> it's somewhere on CCTV footage. <laughs> you took a shit in a shop front, didn't you? And, and, and you know you fucked up when the moon man is accusing yeah, yeah. you of being a drunk. <laughs> No, my last beer was actually... I didn't come here to be humiliated. Well, you've got it. You've got it, okay? You've ruined your life. You look your daughter in the eye and said, Daddy's got no money anymore. Anyway, the point is... 
Well, my daughter actually has got a horse, uh, my youngest In daughter. front of the cart? <laughs> <laughs> what, like a head in her bed? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> from, from Triple M. Oh, fuck, wrong bed. Wait. <laughs> John Longmire? Who? What? Fuck, you guys have been working on this gear for a while, haven't you? <laughs> So she got a horse and she's into it and it's just amazing, that relationship, particularly between a girl and a, a, a horse and she loves it. And I said to my wife, I fucking lost my job. Why are we, why are we buying a horse? And she goes, you put a horse up your nose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not all at once. <laughs> but where did you have your last beer, okay? And then we bring Bevo on. And I'm what did you do? I was at the last beer was at the Sorrento Yacht Club. Sorrento Yacht Club, so you're a fucking cockhead. <laughs> so why were you there? Give us the details. It was the, hold on, Sorrento, Sorrento Cooter Boat and Fishing Club or Sorrento Yacht Club? Uh, the, 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 the former, yeah. yes. the Cooter Boat Club, yes. where I had my worst gig of all time. And I've heard about this gig, yeah. and oh. please do tell the audience Take us through it. So, uh, <laughs> make a joke about um, having sex in a disabled toilet. <laughs> Woman stands up and goes, my child's disabled, you're a fucking disgrace. And so she's off. And uh, hard to come back from that one. Um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden... Because you have, if you haven't been there, it's very blue blood. It's very, you very, know, very posh, very, very toffee. How dare you make jokes about disabled people? It's like, I, I'm not. I'm talking about fucking a disabled toilet. Yeah. It's like, you're a disgrace. And they rump off and... Once uh, you've got one of those happen to you in a crowd, then the crowd becomes empowered to start examining your material and thinking, well, <laughs> if they can do it, so can we. And so I uh, go into a Malcolm Turnbull impersonation. This guy stands up and goes, Malcolm's a personal friend of mine. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> He's got a, a mauve pullover tied around his neck. I said, you're fucking kidding me, aren't you? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> then it's just a matter of time. They're, everyone's waiting, like, someone please. So I finish on aircraft safety and uh, talk about, you know, having that whistle on your oh, yeah. safety yep. jacket. It's like, it's very hard to blow when you've got no lips because you've been so <laughs> horrifically burnt. And this guy... I was burnt in a plane once. <laughs> by Malcolm Better Turnbull. than that, this guy stands up and goes... I'm a surgeon. I work on Burns victims. <laughs> and everyone just, everyone just looked at me and like, you're fucking serious? <laughs> and Luke Darcy was standing in the wings. He was huh? almost yeah. on his knees. He came up to me afterwards. He said, it's the best comedy gig I've ever seen. <laughs> it was so good. That is who I heard it from. When, yeah. Dar when Dar saw me, he goes, mate, I uh, saw this gig that Moon Man did and it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And... Uh, I think it was Ian Johnson, who was the former GM at Channel 9, had hired me, and he comes over and he, he was always on the lash, Jono. Uh, lovely bloke. He goes, I fucking noted who those people were. I'm banning them from the club. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start a feud. I don't want Sorrento to bust apart. So you've done the gig at the Sorrento Yacht Club. What about footy clubs? How do you go at footy clubs? Oh, well, my... my Best slash worst heckle of all time came at a footy club. Uh, <laughs> what? What is the joy that other comedians because feel? Because it's not us. But we yeah. all have the stories. <laughs> we all have up. the stories. You fucked up. Thank God it's not me. <laughs> so I, w I was went to the Swan Hill uh, Swans uh, and 
It was their Smokers Afternoon. So it's the end of the footy club. Everyone pays 50 bucks a head. Smokers Afternoon. Called a Smokers Afternoon. Come or Smokers on, Morning. Mooney. No, not like that. Uh, <laughs> I think at one time, you know, it was something to do with you know, the idea that people would be smoking cigars. But basically, right, right. It's, it was a Smokers Morning, moreover. Uh, you pay 50 bucks, or you can drink, get a comedian, and strippers. Real classy stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> Swan Hill's finest. Yeah. And I tell you what, a bit of advice to young comedians, never open for strippers. Because the crowd doesn't want to listen, they want to see. Okay? (laughs) And if I start taking my clothes off, then the comedy really starts. Anyway, so... (laughs) Matt Hardy, the uh, author of Saturday Afternoon Fever and uh, my podcast fellow... Uh, he was meant to be doing the gig. He rings me up and he goes, hey, mate, my mum's really sick and uh, he's really attached to his mum and I'm <laughs> going around to... He is. He's a real fucking... He loves his mum like, more, more than any other bloke I've ever met, which no, no, is no, cool. No, no, fair enough, because I actually really like Rosie's mum. <laughs> <laughs> and she likes me. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> I Poor fuck Jenny. her a lot. Have you got a hot mum? <laughs> You remember that kid whose mum was hot, don't you? <laughs> Mrs. Barker. <laughs> Fuck me, Seriously. Anyway, uh, my mum, very average. Uh, <laughs> but I guess beauty's in the eye of the beholder, isn't <laughs> True. it? Let's stop talking about our mums like that. Yes. So, <laughs> so you're doing this gig. I'm going to Swan Hill to fill in for Hardy. I get there, I've never seen such a level of drunkenness. I'm quite intimidated by the amount of people there and how drunk they are. Uh, There's some bulk packing cases for fruit turned upside down with cardboard on the top. That's the stage for the comfort of the strippers. (laughs) And standing in the club rooms and the the only sound system, not like this, is the tannoy behind you, the little speaker on the the wall. And... uh, The president of the club introduces me. He goes, uh, okay, thanks for coming to the 20th anniversary of the Smokers' Morning. Uh, So it's an auspicious occasion, clearly. And he goes, uh, the the first comedian we booked couldn't make it because he's mum's crook, but we've got this bloke, uh, Mr Mr. Lawrence. So he gets my name wrong, introducing me as David Bowie's character from a 1980s (laughs) film about a Japanese prisoner of war camp. Which is where I would have preferred to be than fucking <laughs> Swan Hill. <laughs> so I get up and I'm getting no traction. At least people aren't getting up and walking out. Yeah, In fact, yeah. Sorrento was a lot better. But uh, it's noisy, no one's listening, I'm not getting any laughs. Get the cotton wool in the mouth, get the sweaty back. I'm just dying a death. And then this bloke at the back of the room, and here comes the best heckle of all time, he goes, I wish your mum was crook. (laughs) 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 Hey, I reckon on that note, I reckon we better get our very first uh, special guest on the stage. Please welcome Luke Beveridge! Thank you so much for being here, Bevo. We do appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for taking time out uh, shooting Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, Lawrence, that's out of line. Uh, okay. So He's filming a chopper sequel, okay? I'm laughing, but you, you've just compared it on Brad Pitt. Is that what you're that, yeah, that's exactly yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Can I quickly give the tale of the tape of Luke Beveridge? Uh, 118 games, 107 goals. A lot more goals than I thought you kicked, man, like in that time. Spent a lot of time on the bench. Played for Melbourne, Footscray, St Kilda. Coached by John Northey, Terry Wheeler, Alan Joyce, Stan Alves, Tim Watson. Played with Gary Lyon, Jim Stein, Todd Viney, Alan Jakovic, David Swartz, Doug Hawkins, Chris Grant, Brad Johnson, Libba, the big juke. Mm, dum. Uh, <laughs> oh, here he comes. Nicky Winmar, Nathan Burke, Sri Lowe, Barry Hall, <laughs> Rob Harvey, Lenny Hayes. Like legends in that name. And also, cheeky little 2016 Premiership uh, coach right yeah. here. Right here. Thank you very much. Big intro. Best intro I've ever had. Thank you. Great to be here. Do you ever watch the 2016 Grand Final back? Have you watched it back? Every second night. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, yeah. I've watched it a bit. And uh, how could you not when Peter Gordon keeps inviting you know, to his house the year after when it's always on his television? Yeah. Um, actually, he's had a lot of comedian victims at our season launches over the years. And he, they used to ask me, who do you want to come? And... Luke Heggie, I saw him up on the board. Oh, Luke Heggie's very good. Yeah, I got yeah. Luke there one year and, yeah, I reckon we've had five or six who have had similar Swan Hill okay. experiences to you at our... Uh, well, our I'll come season. along. Uh, I, I clearly don't mind dying, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was the turning point in that match? Where, where, where was it won, 2016? Clearly in the coach's box. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I think... Um, no, it was... It was, it was tight. It was tight, yes, and uh, I think Kennedy started to have a real influence in that second quarter and, um, you know, this is me giving – our assistant coaches over the years have been tremendous and Joel Corey and Stephen King at the time um, were talking about clamping down on him and that was an important part of it. But I think we – in the tag situation, um, Pico was part yeah. of that. Um, but Libba took it upon himself to do more than Pico, which meant Pico spent more time forward which meant Pico was more dangerous um, in the second half and he had, a, he had a really, really big game, Pico. So that was critical. Hey, absolutely. What do you like in the box? Do you, get ner- do you get nervous in there or is it just too much going on? Do you, do you get swear anxious? as do much you... as that, Adam? Yeah. yeah. Do you swear? <laughs> are you a swearer? Are we going to get like a Rocket E tape one day? Where you're like... <laughs> <laughs> well, when you, when you look out from the coach's box, there's a camera right there in front of you. Um, actually, I last year... You know about this, don't yes, you? Yes, yes. So, A.D. Brown, who produces a front bar, who's a friend of mine, he spent two years at our club and, mm. and produced a, an awesome documentary after the 16 year. Um, you you kind of think that if they don't catch you when you blow up, you're safe. Yeah. But I didn't know, and I should have, I mean, you, I should have been smarter, that the whole thing's recorded. So, on the front bar last year, they went through all the recordings and I made facial expressions that I've never, ever seen in my life. <laughs> And so I went, eighty. I said, you fucking prick. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am looking at that camera thinking, explode quickly and if the camera's somewhere else, you're okay, it doesn't get you. But no, it it gets you in the long run. Yeah. Because I've I've, I've heard certain coaches talk about (laughs) how... I had nothing to do with that, by the way. (laughs) Um, Because I'm I'm quite terrified right now. Um, But I've heard certain coaches talk about how they say a player misses a shot and they go... Damn, whatever. But then other ones are like, damn. Well, yeah. oh, John Longmire goes below the desk. Yeah, like I think Chris Fagan as well. Like he's like goes below the desk to be like, fuck, that's fucking bullshit. And then comes up, he's like, hi, I'm a gentle old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your grandfather. Give me another 
Jelly snake. Num, num, <laughs> num, num, num. <laughs> Can we take you through your day-to-day, Bevo, just by the fact... I mean, I find it remarkable, like, the pressure on you yeah. individually, front page or so whatever. How long like, do you spend in the gym? <laughs> So it's pretty much wake and bake, right? (laughs) (laughs) The fucking bulldogs. Wow. How 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 high are you right now? (laughs) Well, I I went off the brekkie bongs because I (laughs) really I I just and the only way I could wean myself off them was just stop eating breakfast. So I get up really early, you know, and I. But I, how how early is early? Like, when when would you get into the club? Do you think? I get up at five. I live in Parkdale. Um, what address? <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Parkdale in Davy Street. I don't know where. No. It's no. I, I don't expect you to know all the streets in Parkdale. <laughs> you, you, yeah, because you're coming back to us, aren't you? Are you coming I am. I'm coming home. Coming yeah. home from New South Wales. Yeah. Went to Sydney. Couldn't fucking cut it. <laughs> do you get to surf every day? Because you're a big surfer. Do you get to go out? Like, do you get to pick your days? Because uh, you can't surf down Parkdale, can you? No, I've got big, to get big flat. I've got to get lucky. Yep. I've got to get lucky on the the days that are down days. But I, I generally, I take off um, about quarter six. Mm-hmm. Um, I get there and I, I row. So I row on oh, ergo yeah. on the ergo. Uh, on the yeah, I get in early and get that out of the way. Good yep. start to the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I swim a lot in the bay. That's how I uh, okay. keep fit and, and I surf when I can. Yep. Um, I don't do many weights these days. Really? <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> if, you can, if you can blast through the hardship of the early stage of an ergo, a rowing ergo, yeah. uh, I recommend it highly. What's your 2K? Uh, oh, 2K is not enough. Not enough? No. Jesus no. Christ, I'm cooked. <laughs> <laughs> now, G- that's a thing. Gym talk. You can skip. <laughs> 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 Mate, you might you can do it on virtual reality one day if you want. <laughs> no, I couldn't make two K on virtual reality. <laughs> I had trouble getting out the lift. <laughs> <laughs> now you can scare yourself off. But that's true. So if you're in the office like quarter to six or whatever, you do the do the workout, and then what's what's the the say an average day like? Do you have time for even eating lunch or something? Like, how's it work? Like, when do you leave as well? Like, yeah, I definitely eat lunch uh, on the run, and um, I don't have brekkie. Actually, I don't need it. I found that um, us middle-aged men don't really need three meals a I'm day. One, do we? I'm one meal a day. <laughs> I am one meal a and day. Two but other, it's a big two other liquid ones. <laughs> but it's a big one, right? Yeah, it's the size yeah, it's of a, twelve. Yeah. But yeah. all right, fucking back <laughs> off. <laughs> um, but no, I, I mean the capers a lot about. Um, Obviously, understanding the game and being good at um, the tactical side of things, and but it's it's mostly about people management. You know, you you have to you have to do that well, but you have to have really good people helping you, and uh, and I always have. So I've been fortunate. And how hard is it to um, get into the head of like a, an eighteen-year-old now? Like you know, you're so far removed from it. You just you just go, all right, he's on a completely different level to me. Like I, you know, I'm on TikTok and follow them all, but yeah. you know, how how do you do it? <laughs> Yeah, look, it's really difficult to understand. Um, you know, totally. You, yeah, some guys you can sort of sum up um, pretty well, but others I just choose not to try and understand. <laughs> no, to be honest, I, I don't. You know, I I love that saying that some things don't fit into little boxes. You know, yeah, yeah. and and a lot of our guys don't, and so um, you don't judge them, you support them, and you facilitate um, 
you know, what goes on in their life, basically. We all do that. And, but I do leave it to our, our, our people to, and our, um, our support staff to, to try and understand them better than I do. Yeah. I've um, done a bit of background on you, a bit of profiling. I know that uh, you grew up in uh, East Bentley. Father Harriet was a, a big influence in your life in a good po- way. Um, <laughs> he was. And I was an altar boy with... You were an altar yeah, boy? Well so done. Halo. Yeah. Um, Peace be with you. I, I grew up a, a Catholic and that's why I'm an alcoholic because... Uh, <laughs> You've the, seen the Once one. again he took the cup, again he gave you thanks and praise, gave yeah. the cup to his disciples and said, May the peace take this the all of you and drinks. I'm going to get to the bell ringing. Anyway, no, um, <laughs> like the, the, the priest on a... A Sunday would have a sermon. Have you got a pre-written speech uh, uh, on a topic that you're going to address the boys with, or doesn't that happen anymore? You know, how do you speak to them before a game? Like, is it just purely about the game, or are you going to address something like, you know, Lismore or the Ukraine or something? <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, no. Um, great question, Lawrence. Thank you very much, yeah. Bevo. Long-winded. Took, took you a while to get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pleased that Father Herrick came into it because yeah. he he was a, he is a very good... Oh no, Father's not with us anymore. He's Isn't a good he? man. Did you grow up in Opal Court? Is that where you grew up? <laughs> not far from Opal okay. Court. You, you're wondering how I've done this background? What, yeah, Julian yeah. Schiller. Oh, right. Ju- Shields, he? No, no Julian Schiller. Schiller. Okay. Uh, I don't know who that is. But anyway. Okay. He, well, he's laying claim to being your friend, so... <laughs> <laughs> Fraud! Well, he's the only one in the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> do we do we go there? Do we go there? Do you think we go there? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Tom Morris. Say, <laughs> say, say what you want, Bevo. Like, set up. They said they weren't going to go. Yeah, no, no. But say what you want. It's like, why. it's like you. You watch CSI, you watch CSI, you're sitting at the table, you say something, then you open yourself up to it. Or you're yeah. in the courtroom and yeah. is this what's happened? Well, Moo Man's going to be in the courtroom shortly, yeah. so well, you can... <laughs> good comedian, fuckwit comedian, he's the one that's doing it. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm a great lover of schadenfreude. Uh, must have been one of the best weeks of your life to watch that fuck <laughs> stick go down. <laughs> Can't ask him that. Can't ask him that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just projecting. We'll say it, mate. Like, you don't have to say you it. You don't have yeah. to say anything. You don't have to but say anything. But that pencil-necked fucking turd. <laughs> Suck a big one, dickhead. Anyway, how do you feel about it, Bevo? <laughs> we'll pay you fine, mate. We'll pay you fine. <laughs> hey, Bevo, can we go through... I mean, if you want to say something... No, you don't want to. You know what? That's fine. <laughs> yeah, can we just talk about the Rob, uh, Bob Murphy medal presentation? Like, was that a thing that you planned before the game or just happened to you on the spur of the moment? Because we can all agree it was literally one of the most beautiful moments you'd see on a footy field of all time. Uh, no, it wasn't something I'd planned, but um, with all our captains, actually, um, strong connection, coach, captain, and Bob and I came together... You know, the start or the end of fourteen, really, when the coach, or with the sorry, the club was. Um, well, you lost the CEO. We're, you lost we're struggling the coach, a bit, you, you lost, know. Yeah. yeah. Did um, he come back from Bali to, for an emergency meeting kind of thing? Was it was Bali? Uh, he involved? was talking about Bali. I saw him going to Bali. I was going to Bali too. So um, you're at Hawks. We've got to go to Bali now, don't we? Yeah. Um, so you're at the Hawks then? No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I mean, I I think. No, don't go to <laughs> yeah, Bali. Don't go to <laughs> Find a better place to go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Were you going for like the private DVDs? Like, is that why you're? 
full moon party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, look, we, we had a really strong connection and um, we're talking about pre-games, Lawrence, you know, with the – and the emotion – Emotional side, the emotive hooks and the spiritual side of the game, it, for me it's really important. It's, it's critical in life but it's really important for a football club and, and Bob and I were on the same page. He's, um, he's a bit of a free spirit uh, but he was the glue that really brought the, the players together and um, as a coach you're looking for early buy-in when you're new to a place and, um, and he really helped me with that. And, um, and he, he was just critical in the scheme of things even though he wasn't playing, and it was heartbreaking that he couldn't play. He went down early in the year. Um, but I just really felt that, you know, he, more than anyone, had to be recognised for... You know, it was a pretty steep trajectory after 14 that, the you know, the players took us on this rise. And um, he, and his his 2015 year was unbelievable. You know, like, he, he was just... Performance-wise, he was sensational. So... It was great to have him up there and great for him to be recognised. And I think that's the thing that gets lost. There's a lot of captains and I know that him and Nick Rewald have had a, an interesting relationship and Nick, Nick was an amazing captain, amazing player. Um, but Bob, although he didn't play, he was the captain of a premiership site. You know, he didn't play but behind the scenes he was critical to, to us winning it. Yeah, and, right. and, I, and I just felt like he had to be recognised. So it was great, great that he was and, and still is. So do you think every player who's played during the year... Yeah, yeah. let's hear it for Bob. <laughs> do you think every player that plays during the season should get a medal? Is that, do you reckon that would be a fair way to do it? I know Dima no. Harbour's talked about that. Or should no, it be only absolute, people who are out there on the absolutely day? Absolutely not. Really? No. But that, yeah, I but mean, can we let the person that we asked the question to answer? <laughs> and not, no, I'm, I'm, not the I'm guy... I'm overruling Bebo here. It's, fuck not the guy who fell over using fucking virtual reality. <laughs> let the professional... All right, if you insist, <laughs> go on, Bevo, answer the question. But, but, <laughs> but in the in the virtual in the virtual world, yeah. would they or not? Well, in the virtual world, I think that uh, if if I won a virtual reality premiership, <laughs> <laughs> and I missed because of the facial injuries that I've got, I think that I should probably get a premiership medal. But that's because of my closer relationship with the coach. I mean, that Bob's. Something else. He's a he's an angelic and saintly figure. Yeah. It's not just some shitter that's given one game in round three. He's <laughs> got fourteen injuries. <laughs> we don't want to see him out there. Anyway, answer the question. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sort of apathetic to it all. I, I, I think it's okay if, if they change their mind and they give yep. it to everyone. I think probably you should if they give it to the whole list. I don't. That's the right thing. I think you should. Have at least played a game, mm-hmm. at least, which is hard on the three or four that miss out, isn't it? But mm-hmm. um, but no, I'm I'm okay with with it being the way it is. Yep. Can we take you through like your playing career by the fact that I was watching highlights of you like the last couple of nights and um, really on YouTube, not <laughs> sound down, pants off, <laughs> no doubt. He didn't even know Bebo was on. <laughs> <laughs> But you played Melbourne 89, 92, when Melbourne was, like, thereabouts, you know? Like, what took you to Melbourne in the first place? Because I think that's maybe pre-draft? Would you be... Yeah, so 88, they got flogged in the premiership by Hawthorne. So 89, they were still, you know, thereabouts. Thereabouts, yeah. I think they played... I think they won a semi... I think they won an elimination against Collingwood in 89. And Did then you find that 30 seconds on YouTube? <laughs> that, that but, dude, like, you're fucking buff as fuck and you're quick and you're kicking goals. Like, you're a decent player. Stop hitting on our guests. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Yeah. Buff as fuck is a bit weird to say. <laughs> but what took you to Melbourne? Yeah, That's the only question I'm trying to ask. No, I, I was and a... will you date me? No, I mean, like... <laughs> I was a, a metro... I, I, as as um, Lawrence said, I grew up in East Bentley and um, I was in Melbourne zone. So I played at under-19s when I was 16 mm-hmm. and um, had my first senior year um, when I was 18. So I was a zone player before the draft. Um, so a lot of the... A lot of the Golden Valley um, boys, the Shepparton boys, came through with me. So that was the country area that was Melbourne Zone. Stephen Tingay and Johnny Ahern and, um, and these sorts of guys. But that's how I ended up there. And um, it was a time when there was two on the bench, um, no rotation. So I must admit, I, the, the games that I played, I, I did over the three clubs that I played for, I spent a lot of time on the bench. I was too much. and I, But I had my days in the sun and I would have played 100 seconds games too, I think, over that 11-year yeah, period. Is that time on the bench, can you attribute your coaching career to that? You're out there thinking, well, fuck, I know how to win this game. <laughs> um, <laughs> put me on for a start. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the extent of the tactical genius during my 11 years was let's take the forward pocket off. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might change the game. That, that generally was the idea. It was yeah, like take was, the back pocket or the forward yeah. pocket off. It was, yeah, it was horrendous. And look, to, it was difficult <laughs> back then for for the coaches. These days, we're armed with four angles of vision. This is where the players they they run across the ground, half shit themselves with how many cameras are, are on them during the game. You know mm. and what what it looks like after the game. It's so difficult for them um, to think that the, there's pressure from the stands. Pressure to perform, and then analytically after the game, there's behind the goals vision at both ends. There's a wide broadcast. There's a narrow broadcast. Um, you know everything you do, it can be seen. Whereas when I played, no, I would have liked a little bit more so they could see I was working my ass off, even though I couldn't get near the footy. It's interesting that you address how many cameras watch the play, but still our cricket team t- took sandpaper onto the ground. <laughs> And then so from Melbourne to Footscray and then to St Kilda, like what were those adventures like? Did Melbourne say, go away? Or were you like, I want to find out if I can play at another team? Like how do those two trips work? Yeah, I was trying to do Footscray um, with, a one, with one year to go on a two-year contract, the first two-year contract I'd signed. So um, to a, an Adrian Campbell, who was a um, centre-half forward, who was a promising young player, he came to Melbourne... I went to the Dogs, um, so I didn't get much say in that. But um, the Saints um, came calling at the end of um, 1995 with a two-year contract and Footscray were like, oh, you know, here's a one-year and you might play ten games. So I came pretty much back home then because I lived in East Bentley and I, I barracked for the Saints when I was a kid yep. um, and, um, and played the next four years at the Saints. And they won the pre-season premiership in 96, which was obviously their first flag for a while. What was that like? Nuts? Because they did go fucking crazy for pre-season flags back then. I mean, yeah, if, you do yeah. look, if you do actually generally look at the footage, you look at the buddy footage from last week, the St Kilda win in the, the pre-season in 96, like, it's pretty much the same. Like, yeah. It, literally, it, it's, it is literally 15,000 people, like, surrounding the podium, like, trying to, you know... Go. Did you play? Yeah, I did. I didn't do much. Did you get a medal? Um, I can't remember if they... I don't know. <laughs> I think everyone should have got a medal. <laughs> I, I, I think I shouldn't have got a medal. I played, but I shouldn't have got a medal. I might have... So they call out your name and go, Luke Beveridge, don't bother coming yeah, up, mate. No, no. I, no. That'd be better. Yeah, if yeah. they were giving out the premiership medals yeah. and they are not for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were there going, I want to get a 10-year-old Bob Murphy on the stand. This is yours, mate. 
Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't have deserved one. I think I kicked a goal in the last quarter and we were eight goals up or something and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I, I did some hideous celebration that I shouldn't have. Really? Um, Chainsaw? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was good to be a part of it. Um, I, got, I didn't play round one. I, I, so there's a, I didn't deserve a medal and I didn't deserve a game round one and I got dropped. Um, you got I dropped got, from a premiership team? Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Fuckers. I mean, jeez... Yeah. Um, but I did spend a bit of time on the bench, so someone had to go and warm it for the um, for the next one. But that, that was a period, and so I know I know where um, there's a lot of joviality. But about three weeks later, Trevor Barker died, yeah. um, and I played in the last reserves game that he coached oh, under yeah. him, and that meant something to me because I love Bucks, yeah. Um, yeah. and I actually had had one of my better games um, in the twos. It was okay; I could play okay in the twos. Um, but that meant something to me at the time, and uh, and then I, I made my debut in in an AFL season proper for the Saints a week after. Yeah, yeah, that was a huge moment when Trevor Barker died. Um, I do a podcast with Matthew Hardy Saturday afternoon fever, and it's a big part of that book. He was living in London at the time, and he got a message from his mum. It's very heartrending stuff. Yeah, gone too young, forty one. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. We'll wrap it up shortly with it, Bevo, because you know, obviously you got shit to do. But um, <laughs> it's, it's a fucking tough job being a coach. But is, it, is it though? Yeah. <laughs> is it everywhere you, you go? go you went like, flat. How do you spend your day? It's like fuck it. They only play once a week. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, you know, <laughs> it's not like the EPL. He well, goes to work. It's like there's only forty players on the list. Well, fucking what? What did, does he do? Well, Rosie, I mean, he just said you know everywhere he goes, everywhere he you go, you won a flag. So you won three in a row at St Bede's because they say you got to go back and coach your own team out, right? Right. And you got them from C to B to A grade, and then you went to Collingwood and they won the flag, and then two at Hawthorne, and then one at Footscray. So Have you thought about coming to Carlton? <laughs> well, you've got two you. flags lined up now. Yeah, no, well, that's true. No, they're yeah. looking good, the Blues. I'm looking the Blues to looking good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been fortunate, been lucky. Um, but um, you, you can't win them without uh, good players. And um, But I, th- I do think that emotive, that spiritual side is important with all of our connections, um, wherever we go. And I think it makes a 5 to 10% difference. So... Uh, um, I hone in on, on that a little bit, and I think it's important. So you that's, were... that's what I wanted to bring to this podcast today. Just a <laughs> bit of heart. You were head of development at Collingwood for 0910, if I'm right. Is Mick Malthouse as fun loving as he seems? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's got a, a really strong analytical mind, Mick. Like you know, he I think he'll tell you that he he's. Dyslexic, I, I, you know, he'll tell you that. He wasn't computer literate, uh, which is part of the gig. You have to be pretty good at the... Uh, okay. The whole you got to know how to you punch know out how to an email. It. You should. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Mick can't do it. I've yeah. got no idea. <laughs> but... Um, Dyxle- dyslexic. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's why he called me a canut. <laughs> <laughs> a nucked. A great strength, Mick. He... he, he there's not much on game day that Mick missed. You know, he, he had a really keen eye. Oh, a few years there at Carlton where he... Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, uh, wasn't, wasn't nailing it. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, you, learn, you learn a lot of things that uh, might work for you from your coaches who you've worked under and, and then you learn one or two things that won't work for you yeah. from them as well. And then I remember, we'll, we'll wrap it up very short with Bevo and let him go because, you know, he's got a life to live. But I remember, I'm a Hawthorne fan, 
And I remember at Marvel Stadium, I was there with my mum and my dad, uh, because we love each other, Adam, unlike your parents who don't <laughs> love you. But, um, but I, uh, t- to give you a pump up, Bevo, you went down to the quarter time huddle and then you ran up with the other coaches and I literally like all of the women, including my mum, were like going, who's that tall drink of water? Tall. <laughs> they, they were like, who's that guy? That's very impressive. Yeah. And one day my son will ask him out on the podcast. So <laughs> that's... Um... But we're going to let Bobby go. hitting on the guests. <laughs> we're going to let Bobby go. Big round of applause. Luke Beveridge. Yeah. Best of luck for this year, mate. Best of luck for the dogs, yeah. mate. Ah, we'll get a quick photo of Bevo, Moon Man. I'm in this, am I? It's a little bit of PR, yeah. hey? Oh. Here we go. Put on our best face. Yeah. Hey! Get out of the way, Moon Man! <laughs> You're blocking the important person, Moon Man. Fuck up. <laughs> Thanks, Bevo! Luke Beveridge, how great was that? Thanks so much. He's alright. He's okay. Thanks, Steph. We'll bring in our next guest. Uh, dude, no need to fucking muck around with this dude. Three-time Premiership player. Do you want me to legend. hang around? Yeah, we can Absolutely. hang around. Yeah. Are, you, are you okay to hang around? Yeah, I'm sweating up like a fucking... Like a what, mate? Like a pedophile <laughs> under a man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, I just think that's what meth addicts do. <laughs> but anyway, please welcome on the stage the one and only Jonathan Brown! Yeah! yeah. Brownie! Brownie, 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 Brownie. Hi, mate. How are you, dude? You alright? You nervous to meet me, mate? I am nervous to meet you. Yeah. Sweating, I'm Jesus sweating. Jesus Christ. What's wrong with it? Yeah, fuck. You think Mooney's sweating now? Wait till he gets in the witness stand. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're on. Uh, <laughs> this uh, what's this day four for you? Uh, day f- uh, no, day five. Day yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's sh- actually been four out of five. <laughs> be a good show oh, tonight, mate. I, I might come and will. watch you. Early to bed tonight, I think, Brownie. <laughs> Three a.m. <laughs> let, yeah, let's flick a Valium in the helmet and get to nine. Right? <laughs> Oh, dude, where do we begin, Brownie? Where do you begin? So we talked to you a couple of weeks ago. We talked about your Super Bowl adventures. Then we only got to talk to you for about three or four minutes. Like, were there any more stuff that you wanted to add in terms of that that journey that you went on when you went to LA for the um, Super Bowl? Um, I can't remember. I talked about Campbell Brown. Talked about punching him because he was snoring. That's right, he was snoring. So Campbell Brown turned up. uh, I actually someone punched Campbell Brown rather than the other way (laughs) around. around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was the first, and I was in Los Angeles, so I thought I'd get in first, unlike Stephen May. (laughs) (laughs) Is he back on solid, Stephen? (laughs) (laughs) That was an unbelievable story. Obviously, everyone knows about um, Campbell Brown was sacked for punching his teammate, Stephen May. Breaking his jaw. As they were getting into, trying to get into a nightclub. In Los Angeles, and it was because Rihanna walked past them, and obviously Stephen May was trying to fangirl uh, Rihanna and get a selfie, and Campbell was uh, wasn't was none too happy about it. He just thought it just wasn't cool. So instead of talking to him about Jesus. it, as you would do, he thought he'd just go bang and break bang. his jaw. Absolutely, <laughs> oh, that'll teach him to fangirl. Yeah. Uh, that prick was and, asking uh, for it, yeah. and of, and of course in the. A- 
in the aftermath, when you wake up the next morning and uh, your teammate's got a broken jaw and uh, courtesy of you, it's obviously an issue in the footy club, isn't it? So uh, Gold Coast Suns, of course, are going to get involved. So also Campbell Brown, um, knowing what his old man Mel Brown, the legendary Mel Brown's like, he's not short of uh, uh, not backwards in coming forward, especially when it comes to the media. Absolutely. Uh, so Campbell, Campbell rang uh, uh, Mel back in Australia and said, now, Mel, there's been an incident. Um, I've had an altercation with Stephen May. And Mel said, this isn't Rihanna-based, is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He said, so, Mel, whatever you do, don't make a comment to the press. Oh, yeah. And, uh, of course, if you go onto YouTube and look at Mel Brown's sprays, oh, yes. he has given one of the greatest sprays of all time it's to a, a young reporter on her first day at Channel 7 who decided to doorstop Mel... <laughs> At his garage, and yeah. it is one of the greatest sprays. Yes. It was almost like he, he crafted and scripted over two years and got it perfect, the delivery. So that was the aftermath of Campbell. Anyway, Campbell turned up to my place on the Thursday night. Uh, he left Sunday morning. I slept with Campbell for three days straight. So what an absolute pig of a man. <laughs> <laughs> was there of course, any he was arrested at a full moon party in Thailand yes, too. Yes, as well. Yeah. Uh, for punching a copper. <laughs> That's uh, right. And only <laughs> presumed that that Thai policeman said, do you want to listen to a Rihanna song? And <laughs> the follow-up to that, so. did you ever punch on with a teammate, uh, aside from Akka? Like, did you ever want to... Did you ever want to belt anyone? I didn't, uh, I didn't punch on with Akka, but I punched on with my old man when I was 15 once. And, uh, Jesus. Was, you know, I thought at, at 15 you're starting to cross over. I started yeah. playing senior footy back home in Warrnambool uh, in the you country. You started when so you were seven playing yeah, senior that's footy, right. didn't you? Yeah, it was... Uh, so I was, you know, I thought I could take the old man. He, he, he confronted me, and I thought, "Fuck it, now's the time." <laughs> and uh, it's now or never. So I've just gone bang, and then obviously uh, he's put about the next ten on me chin, and uh, before I know it, I'm uh, flat on my back. And uh, and Mum's coming for the count: one, two, three. <laughs> You're out of there. But uh, so for some reason, no matter how tough you think you are or how tough you are, you can never beat your dad. And uh, he cleaned no. me up that time, but. Uh, <laughs> The, uh, so it's against the uh, laws of nature to uh, beat your father. That's up. right. He he played for Fitzroy though, so he was. I was going to say, how many how many games did he play for Fitzroy? Fifty one. Yep. Fifty one games. So that got Fitzroy. you over the line to be your father. Well, back in those days, it was fifty games. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, Fitzroy moved to Brisbane, and uh, um, so Brisbane took over the father son rights, and uh, so I ended up up there. And uh, did other teams talk to you about? Potentially, or was it always going to be No, Brisbane? Hawthorne did. Hawthorne took mum and dad out for dinner uh, the year before. And said, Where to? We're going to take... I can't remember. Yeah, because okay. Ma- I mean, it's in Warrnambool. Like, fucking take it to no, Nando's, no, I'd be wrapped. It, it was in... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was Pog's the... Uh, Street G- Cafe? No, Cheese no. World. Cheese <laughs> World. No, uh, above... Uh, Above the Chinese restaurant across the road from the Whalers. Ooh, um, da The Chinese restaurant upstairs was the brothel. And famously, if you walked in and asked for $50 worth of rice, they'd send you upstairs. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of rice. <laughs> it's a lot of rice. <laughs> it's it's a bit lot unusual, of rice. Isn't it? <laughs> Heaps of rice. Uh, because because if, I'm, if I'm right, you... There's <laughs> a lot of massage joints around nowadays, isn't there? There With are. With that little flashing open sign. Yeah. I, oh, you don't want a massage at 11.30 for, for at night? Young, for young players, the difference between a rub and tug and an actual massage joint is yeah. an actual massage joint says remedial, sports injury, yeah. relaxation. They qualify massage. If it's just got massage, hand job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Spoken by a man who's paid for yeah. a lot of hand jobs. Anyway, right. anyway, we've got to wrap this up. We've got to get, <laughs> to get to Warrnambool. 
I've got some rice to eat. But am I right that you delayed being picked up for a year by the fact that your dad said you can get the father-son kind of a year after? Yeah, you can. So back in those days, it was each club could take one 17-year-old. So Hawthorne were going to take me and then... Um, Ricky Nixon had that same policy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> What happened to Ricky? One <laughs> uh, of the greats. <laughs> he's, uh, no, Ricky's Ricky's moved on, moved into authentic memorabilia. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. He's got he's got fifty buddy balls if you were want. You, them. Were you managed by him at all? Like, or did he come looking to manage no, you? No, no I, I wasn't. Uh, I was too old for Ricky. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, you weren't wearing and a school uniform. Wearing shorts, yeah. <laughs> No, no, it was, uh, yeah, well, it was Hawthorne. And then they changed their mind. So just before the draft, you have to register for the draft. So, And I think anyone can dra- register. So well, re- I'm going to register. <laughs> you you might be a chance, mate. Um, so you can register. And then just right on the eve of the registration, Hawthorne rang up and said, oh, they're getting cold feet. Um, hmm. They decided to go in another direction and they picked a, a junior teammate of mine, David Lotes. And uh, Never so, Lotes, he played four games. Uh, <laughs> so it was a illustrious career. And four good games, too. Four great games. Uh, so <laughs> I obviously didn't have the guarantee of going to Hawthorne. So Dad said, why don't you wait 12 months? Because Lethal was coming in. That's right. You're yeah. going with the guarantee to Brisbane. Um, of course, uh, you know, there was no incentives. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh, there was no brown uh, paper bag. No, no, there was none of that, but it's fair away. to say. Um, my mum was the ha- highest paid housewife in Victoria uh, <laughs> the, uh, the next year. And I've ne- it, was, it was unbelievable. And I've never been so fucking popular at the touch shop. So. Boston bun for you, Dale. Pie for you. <laughs> so, so I enjoyed that 12 months. I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck. Yeah, how hard was it sitting out when you know you could have been playing, you know... It was, it was a little bit frustrating. I actually got suspended a couple of years uh, playing underage footy that year because I reckon I was frustrated that you weren't up there and starting your football career. So, But, oh, geez, I was lucky, though, to be coached by Lee Matthews from the get-go. And, yep. um, you know, and, and it's funny, the history, it's quite ironic that Lee coached me because, he, you know, he, he had... Um, if you look at the family history, the day that Dad met Mum... Uh, was also the day, the only the only time that Dad got votes in the Brownlow Medal was this day when he played on Lee Matthews at the Junction Oval, no and uh, he met Mum in the aftermatch. Uh, Dad got uh, the Best Player Award, so big day for Dad. Big day for Dad. <laughs> so <laughs> I reckon I've got a lot to thank Lee Matthews for because I reckon if Dad didn't play well that day, I don't okay. think I'd be sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got quite a few that have come into the coaching ranks, ranks that have come out of Brisbane. You know, we've got McRae and Boss obviously at the top of the leper is there and about. Um, did you ever consider going into coaching or are you just wanted the easy road, just doing... Oh, just Nova breakfast and the rest we're, of the day off yeah. playing golf with Sam Payne. Well, you know, it's yeah. funny, you know, it's... Just earning $700,000 a year when I, when I three put hours the, work. When I put the fourth level on my house last week, I thought... Oh, <laughs> I think I've made the right call, I reckon, Moots. <laughs> Who'd want to be a coach, honestly? Uh, but that's, a, that's, that's what we think about when we're playing. You think but it would you're be a nightmare, dude. Like, it'd be a nightmare. Like, it's hard now because now they've got a salary caps for the coaches as well. Mm. So, um, you know, it's, there's, there's not as much money going. They do a, a huge amount. Bevo was just talking about the, how 
they've got to be so good on the computers and all that. And not only to send emails, but all the video work and the editing that goes through. Oh, yeah, the I games. watch a lot of videos on the, <laughs> on the internet. It's difficult. Yeah, be really... Did you get sick of watching Vision? Like, after, like, just towards the back end of your career, you know what you're doing. People taking you through stuff, going, oh, you're running, you're running patterns are here, here. Yeah, you're like, oh, fuck off. You're like, how fucking hard can it be? Kick it to me, boys. Cross sucks. <laughs> So, like, do we need to go through so much video, Moon Man? Oh, no, you, so, you don't. You just, uh, like, kick it to the big bloke. Yeah, it does. But, I, look, I was sort of Aussie firsthand. It was a great, great mate of mine, and uh, we're still great mates. That, that Lions team is, is incredibly close, even though we're sort of headed off in our own direction. But... You know, like, Vossi comes in as the coach and just the stress, you know, that yep. uh, went on to him. And you know, often you go past the Gabba on a Sunday night or whatever and his car would be out the front because just they, they just... Just frightened to leave. Frightened to leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Pretty shit. Exactly. So, um, and then you decide to go to fucking Port Adelaide. You go, just could it get any worse? You decide to go to Port Adelaide. Um, what was it like having a teammate as a coach? Yeah, well, I reckon on reflection it was it was challenging. Yeah, absolutely, because uh, you know you know all these uh, you know, all the all the times you spent on footy trips and yeah, Mondays, right. and uh, you know I remember leper walking. You know where the bodies are buried. Well, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. I remember leper coming to a mad Monday wearing leather pants with the the ass cut out of, the hole cut out of the ass. Um, Fuck so no all, one, don't visualize that. All, um, all of a sudden, he's standing up there, you know, talking about game plans and how we're going to approach the season. <laughs> Last time I saw you, you looked like you were fucking in the village people or from the Blue Oyster Bar. Um, so, yeah, the, that was challenging, but it was more to do with, you know, I, I was young at the, when we went through the premiership success of the line. So, unfortunately, though, that meant that gradually I saw all my teammates drop off till yeah. eventually you look around and go, fuck, I'm hanging around with Ebro. I, I felt like Ricky Nixon. <laughs> 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 At some stage. So, uh, that was hard. Oh, yeah. But then also they bring in things like leading teams. Like they brought leading teams into Brisbane. Yeah, like yeah which in the early days you wouldn't have needed. I reckon there was an, would have been enough direct feedback in that premier, the premiership run. But in, towards later in your career they brought it in. Yeah, what was that was. like for a veteran like you? Well, it was, you know, because when, yeah, when... When uh, those senior guys left, uh, you know, they probably Lee, – Lee decided to try and replace Vossi with five captains uh, and that didn't, that didn't work. Uh, so we went, went oh, for – That's we a went, bad idea. We went for leading teams and I, I think where it changed, it was, um, it was really leading teams in the old format was Martin Pike. And uh, so he, he would give his own feedback. And yeah. <laughs> I've be, run into Pikey a few times. He gives you, he gives you feedback. Pretty direct. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty direct. And, uh, and then they brought leading teams in. And the, the day I asked my wife actually this question uh, a few years back. I said, when did you know all stuffed at the Lions? And she said, I remember the day you come home and said, darling, I think we're fucked. And... Uh, <laughs> She just had a bit of an inkling. Yeah. Well, how did she pick that up? Well, you know what we got asked to do this day? This is unbelievable. So leading teams decided to come in. Now, picture me. I'm 32 years old at this stage. I've got three kids. Um, you know, I've got all, all the... Uh, I'm very cynical about some of the bullshit that happens in footy. I just want to be able to turn up, get me work done, play a game of football and get home and see my family. So we get, uh, we get there at the, the day and leading teams uh, thought in all their... <laughs> with great foresight, decided they'd get us in five different groups, the, the 40 blokes of the Lions. And there was, a, there was a, a various amount of straws and sticky tape in each group. And they go, right, eh? now you've got ten minutes to the objective of this task is you're all going to get an egg. 
And what you're going to do is you're going to build a safety capsule for this egg. And uh, at the end of the task, (laughs) at the the end of the task, you are going to stand on a stool like this and you're going to build the safety capsule, put the egg in it, and you're going to drop the safety (laughs) capsule and the winning team will be the team that the egg doesn't smash. Oh, God. Although we're fucked. (laughs) So then for the next ten minutes we go around and we had to trade Different sticky tape and different <laughs> straws. So I'd be at the next group oh, government. I'll trade you two, oh, two straws for eight bits of sticky tape. Yeah, no worries. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm thinking, how well are we going? We go back and then once that was all done, trade period's finished. Right now, now the construction phase. So away you go. You construct the uh, the capsule for the egg and then drop Jesus the egg off. And then. Christ. And I remember how sad, how sad do you reckon the drive home was that day? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I think that was when my wife thought that was the end. Was that was leading teams? Were they responsible for the Adelaide Crows? No, no that was collective minds. Collective minds. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, but leading uh, leading teams do the. I want you to stop doing. I want you to start. And I want you to continue. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, stop. Start. Keep. Keep. I think right. It was, yeah. yeah stop, right. Start. Keep. So it was pretty brutal uh, at the start. But the, yeah, the guys were. You know. I'd had an eighteen-year-old kid telling me, "Oh, you got to, Brownie, you leave your towel at the locker too much." And I thought, "How the fuck's that going to help us on grand final?" <laughs> <laughs> Unless I fucking hang you from the rafters. Uh, or, or that towel might have come in handy to wipe your forehead, mate. But. Uh, <laughs> So, Brownie, just a bit nervous, mate. So, did anyway. you did you ever Brownie. think of making a comeback? Like, were you going to make a either AFL comeback or a local league comeback? I think the first 18 months, two years is really challenging for, um, yeah, for, for the retired footballers. And, uh, you know, I was, what, I was 31, 32. So you, you still think you've got something left in the tank. And, um, you know, we, we actually moved down here. And I reckon 12, first 12 months, actually, first 12 months I was down here on my own. I actually, the casino um, thought it would be great to uh, give me an apartment for six months. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Which, which I loved, but it wasn't great for me marriage. No. And, uh but anyway, eventually my family moved down here and, and we're down. And it was probably 14, 15 months later, I started training with the Baldwin Footy Club in the Eastern Football League, which is a pretty oh. strong level. And, you know, it's, it's a level below VFL. But you're dreaming of winning the comp best and fairest, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, 100 goals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've never had any of the, you know, the supporters run on the field. I thought I can still do it, even if it's down at bloody Blackburn on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> So I started training with Baldwin and, uh, you know, things are going well. And after five or six weeks, you start to think, actually, you know, I'm fucking feeling all right. And there's a bit of pressure coming from the coach. And then six weeks in, they said, we're going to do some match practice. Uh, and I'm playing on this bike. And I walked down and I said, the bike was playing on me. He fucking looked like you. So <laughs> thought, was, he, was he sweating before the game? <laughs> <laughs> he had a cut on his I, face. I, I thought, shit. I thought, this, well, this is a live kill. Obviously, the coach is just getting me confidence up. <laughs> So one of the midfielders blasts out of the centre square and uh, I come out on the lead, you know, full chest and I'm about to mark it on the chest. And this bloke who was playing on me runs straight past me, marks it on his chest. I thought, fucking hell, <laughs> Jesus, this bloke's a gun. Don't, and, uh, don't underestimate us. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. And I went back and uh, the old trainer, his name was Wiley, jogs out. He goes, don't worry, Brownie, next one, next one. I said, give us a drink, Wiley. I said... Jeez, that, that fucking bike's all right. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, he's brandy, yeah. He's a full back of the reserves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
Mate, that walk home, it was a lonely walk home, yeah. uh, boys. So I thought from that point on, I reckon I've never I've never had illusions that I could still play in the AFL. But at least the ball and footy club didn't make you make a safety capsule for an egg. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you really you'd lost a step that quickly? I had, yeah, yeah. It happens pretty quick. So I never had much of a step, Chamber. You've been very generous there, but... Uh, it was probably magnified when uh, you start off, not from a high uh, benchmark, but uh, dropped away and then, I, and then I was all right. Then I started playing golf with Pingy. And that's now, the... I ran into G-Train over um, the fantastic Fraser Gehrig at Port Douglas over New Year's and he recounted a story where you guys went on an um, uh, end-of-season trip to Bangkok. Now, can you tell us your side of said story? So it lasted how long was it? 24 hours, if that? Um, so you sh- thought she was a woman. And Again, she looked like you yeah. <laughs> But her cock was mu- much bigger Massage <laughs> place, yeah No, it was a uh, Well, we, we just went on a trip to Thailand And it was sort of a, a You know, a conglomerate If you want to call it Of, uh, <laughs> of uh, footy trippers over the journey A few Lions players couple of loose cannons from St Kilda, yeah. namely Fraser Garrick and Stevie, Stevie Lawrence, Lawrence. yeah. Which is, you know, probably if we had the, you had the draft again, you might have gone with a, a couple of... Uh, safer people. Safer people. Yeah. So we, we board the plane. And I'll always say that the, um, the beginning of the end was the flight delay at Sydney Airport. So whenever you get a three-hour delay... <laughs> uh, so, it's not your, uh, so it's not your fault. No, no more need be no, said. So three-hour delay. Three-hour delay at the bar yeah. and then away you go. And then we just thought the service was a bit tardy on the on the, top, <laughs> on the Thai Airways flight. And they love feedback when you're <laughs> yeah. 30,000 feet in the air. Yeah, so they got a bit of feedback and obviously we had the, we had the duty-free... Handy. Uh, so we thought, well, we'll save the girls the hassle. We'll just pour our own drinks out of the duty free. So, um, so it's so anyway. We came as obviously things got a bit, uh, you know, a bit loose. And we had a bit of fun and we enjoyed ourselves. We didn't think we were, we didn't think we were sort of interrupting many other passengers no. Um, no. until. Um, you know, we, we were sort of warned a couple of times along the way, and uh, you know, you know that's not normal. Most people don't get warned yeah, yeah, on an international flight. Doesn't happen to normal people. Yeah, a couple the heat- of times. <laughs> I mean, it happens to Moo Man, but normal people. Yeah, no. Turn the heaters up, and a few blokes just thought they were already on the beach in time. They had their shirts off. <laughs> uh, which, come to think of, it's probably a bit more unusual on an international flight. <laughs> <laughs> when we started to. When we started to get an inkling that something wasn't right was when we pulled into the terminal at Bangkok Airport and their big announcement came across the uh, loudspeaker when we actually at the terminal and obviously everyone goes to get up. They go, uh, everyone, um, everyone remains seated. Uh, now oh, we're man. at the terminal. Um, do not um, take your seatbelts off and do not get up. Next minute, uh, 15 military police boarded the plane. <laughs> and I'm looking around going, fuck me, drunk some bastards brought drugs in the plane. <laughs> Next minute, me and Fraser Garrick were unceremoniously dragged out of our seats and, oh. and marched off the plane. And I'm there, what the, what's going on here? You know, and it's, it's never a great sign when uh, the, the, uh, the Bangkoks, it was, we called us the, ourselves the Bangkok Seven. <laughs> it's, it's never a great sign when you're exiting the aircraft. And the rest of the passengers on the plane stand up and give give a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it sort of clicked. I thought, oh, hang on a minute, we might have uh, gone a step too far. So, 
Anyway, we were arrested and spent the night at... Uh, I thought we were going oh, to the Bangkok Hilton, but uh, thank God we started the airport. And uh, I'll give you the definition of stage fright. And this honestly happened. Obviously, uh, you know, we probably spent about 12 hours there. And in the initial probably two hours, I was busting me out of the toilet because of all the duty-free we drank on the plane <laughs> over. Uh, so I so, said, yep, no worries. So I got an escort to the, to- to the toilets. Uh, I didn't think wow. it was a great time to do an impersonation of Lee Matthews. Uh, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't, because I didn't, when I'm standing at the urinal, I was wondering why it wouldn't come out. Well, uh, then I looked over my shoulder and uh, <laughs> two security guards, uh, or two military policemen were standing there with machine guns. Mm. Um, so Hard it's to fair piece. to say, uh, it was a nerve-wracking time. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, we got back to Australia safely. And, and uh, So did they turn you around? Did they send you straight back? They, or did... they did. We had about 10 or 12 hours to... <laughs> To wait and um, another uh, delay. Another delay. Bar. We're at the pr- we're at the prison Jenny bar. <laughs> Giant Toblerone. We weren't allowed. We got holed uh, up in the immigration centre for the night and then uh, sat up the back row of Thai Airways. We're like a under twelve school trip. You know, the captain came down the back and said, "Okay, you'll be served no alcohol and all that." Flew back to Sydney. Bullshit. We got duty free in the <laughs> bag. <laughs> I got a bottle of vodka up my ass. In all our, we had great for, um, uh, We thought that we would get back to Sydney, though, and this will be easy. What we'll do? No one will know about it. No one will know us in no. Sydney. We'll hang around in Sydney for four or five yeah. days, and then we'll fly back yeah. to Brisbane. Beautiful. Everyone will go, how was the Thailand trip? We go, yeah, yeah no, it was fine. It was great. It had a great time on the beach. Yeah. Get, so your ha- get your hair braided. Hair braided. Fine, yeah. <laughs> Just had to find a hair braider in Sydney. <laughs> uh, so we got through the first, uh, first day in Sydney. I thought, you know what we should do? Why don't we go? Well, we passed the news agency on the way to the uh, Stein Hotel in Manly at the front there. Thought, why don't we just grab the Herald Sun and just see what's uh, <laughs> just keep up to date with the news? Well, I got a little bit nervous when, from a distance, I could see a picture of a uh, you know a tropical beach with palm trees and seven headshots on the <laughs> <laughs> on the front page of the Herald Sun. <laughs> so uh, the gig was up. Uh, Well, at least you got an escort. Um. (laughs) We'll wrap it up very shortly, Brownie, because we need to move out and stuff like that. But also, the great Martin Pike, like, I'm sure you've got tales about him. Now, the one I want to hear about is about the CEO that maybe Pikey might have... After the 04 uh, grand final, am I right? It was after the 04 grand final, and... um, so, you know, we were going for four in a row. Um, you know, we got beaten by Port Adelaide and we put up a good effort, but uh, Pikey wasn't happy. Uh, no one was happy about the way it all went. So we, we'd spend the night here, Saturday after the grand final, and um, and then we flew back to, to flew back to Brisbane on the Sunday, had a few beers and got late into the night, and Pikey was out of contract. And uh, him and uh, the CEO, I don't know why the CEO thought it would be a good idea to stay out with a heap of drunk footballs after they've lost an <laughs> AFL grand final, but... Uh, you know, the conversation started at about 11pm that night at one nightclub and then Pikey then thought it would be a good time to start negotiating his contract <laughs> with the CEO. <laughs> By the time we got to the next nightclub, and uh, this stage now is about 3pm, 3am, uh, 3 um, negotiations weren't going that well for Pikey. So <laughs> Was Ricky he, Nixon there? or like? uh, Ricky, he probably wished he had a been. So Pikey thought he'd change tack. He went to the toilet, obviously had to think about it, and he thought, well... I'm going to change tack here. Um, and he came back from the toilets and went straight up to the CEO and <laughs> headbutted him. <laughs> and, uh, How did the negotiations go from there on? 
So he headbutted the CEO. I was standing right beside him. The CEO got headbutted. He had, he had glasses on at the time, so uh, he looked like he'd been playing VR. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think Moon Man tried the same thing at Triple <laughs> yeah. M. Didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I played Martin Pike on virtual reality <laughs> Saturday morning. Mate, it was a it was a beauty, and uh, so anyway, uh, amazingly. Fucking worked. He got another contract. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey. uh, yeah. He, he, great character, though, Pikey. You know, one of the and great four-time teammates. premiership player. Four-time. Mm. The only four-timer he locks out of the, our group. You know, he locks to remind us. If you, if you look at the photos when we win in 2003, everyone's excited, got three fingers up. You look at the post-game mm. on the podium, Pikey's got the four fingers up. That's just awesome. To, just That's to remind awesome. everyone. We're going to hit the road. We are Junkstime Alpha Potter, Gmail, Twitter, Facebook and the Gram. Please thank Luke Beveridge, Jonathan Brown, Lawrence Mooney. We're going to hit the road. Go Hawks. Go Blues. Thanks for coming out. Thanks a lot. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.